Butterflies return someday. And now, your host of Survivor Eye Podcast, Tanya G.J. Prince. So, Lizzo put out some great music, as did Beyonce. What? Man, both albums are great. I love them, I love them, I love them. I love great, great, great music. I am music's one of music's biggest, biggest, biggest fans. I love it. So listen, both of them had uh, some wording in their lyrics that the disability community members of um, felt were, 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 were ableist in, in languaging. And there was this whole debate um, that, that's, you know me, debates are necessary, right? So there was a debate with whether or not it was, um, racial, whether or not it, uh, you know, was trespassing upon, um, African American vernacular English words. Um, and also, you know, just whether or not you, when I go back to Rachel, I'm saying, you know, Lizzo and Beyonce had to change their lyrics, but other people make lyrics that aren't black women. And, you know, it doesn't seem that, it doesn't seem that folks come for them as hard. Listen, I have disabilities myself, um, black woman. And, but in any case, look how lickety split fast that was. That those lyrics were, you know, just, hey, we just changed the lyrics. And it just made me think that here we have women who, like, for the last few years have been saying, hey, I don't want to be called this. I don't want to be called a birthing parent. I don't want to be called, uh, 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 you know, a menstruator. I don't want to be called cis, maybe. I don't want to be called, you know, various words that women have said, hey, wait a minute, you know, uh, can we talk about this? I'd like to talk about this. And others have said, we're talking about, you know, I don't want to talk about anything. Uh, this is, this is kind of settled. This is common language for us. My point in saying all that is that especially if you like hip-hop someone asked the question said well in hip-hop do they change the lyrics when black women don't you know like what you know the slurs that that are mentioned heck no i'm hoping that going forward um i, I i'm all for listening to people when it comes to the to the language and and you know it's not my song i really don't have uh you know a say in that those are not my lyrics i'm not gonna make a dime from it for me um personally um i don't take it that way but i'm definitely um open to hearing what others have to say about it and what other critiques there have been so i've just been in listening mode however i'm in speaking mode when it comes to uh women and how we've been trying to let organizations corporations and individuals know that you don't get to change our language just because you woke up that morning and you feel like it or it accommodates, you know, some something else. What we want, what we want is the opportunity to name ourselves. Someone made a fantastic point on uh, social media and said, you know, there was a time in the Western uh, part of the globe, there was a time when women were the property of males, 
right? Women were the property of males. And now what we don't want is for womanhood to be the property of males. We do not want how we define ourselves to be the property of males. And so I think the lesson that comes from that, whether they decided to change it, you know, I like, you know, the dialogue, that's great. Let's keep talking. Um, I'm in listening mode on that end. But uh, I, I, I want to go over, you know, whether or not we're listening to women and girls and some behaviors that say, no, we're not listening to women and girls. So, by the way, when we're talking about uh, women's rights issues in this recording, we're speaking to uh, the broad demographic, the broader demographic of women who are black women, women who are Latino women, Jewish, Catholic, uh, wealthy, poor, middle class, married, not married, lesbian. That's who we're uh speaking of so yes i am want you guys to know i do realize that there are women with disabilities um but we're talking um for this recording about the broader base the broader demographic all right so i thought it was important to ask are you sure that you are listening to women and girls as as some of us talk with one another the fear is it's great we want to see people rise wherever they are in the workplace and that type of thing. We want to see women lead. But we also want to make sure that women don't become the society that we are trying to overcome. That women don't become the society that we are trying to overcome. So, in saying, say, you know, we're talking about safety, equality, health. And listening to the voices of women and girls, that ought to be a universal concept. But it will not if people who are placed in leadership position, people who uh, are revered for their exper expertise, are also joining in with patriarchy and misogyny and male-centeredness and deciding, yeah, you're right, women are not, you know, they, they, they don't. You know, we're we're gonna do the thinking for them. If 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 we're if we're gonna just become that society, you know what? <laughs> Might as well go back to the way, way, way old days. We came here to change things. So one would hope that any person, regardless of political, ideology, race, culture, or religion, would agree that it is that that the values and beliefs of women and girls are worthy of high priority and centering, particularly in womanhood. If you're not listening to the concerns of women with physical and mental disabilities and challenges when you seek to make allegedly inclusive policy, you are not listening to women. If you're ridiculing and name calling women when they say no, you are not listening to women. Women have a right to say no. Women have a right to define our own boundaries. Women have a right to do what males do and define our own boundaries. If you are calling women names when they talk about safety, 
safe spaces, health, violence prevention, and safeguarding of children. You are not listening to women. You may think you are. You may be put there, uh, uh, you know, someone may be put in a position of leadership, either, you know, people are celebrating you, you are a woman, and that's great. And, you know, because we always knew that we, we, we could do just as well, not better than any male, or that any male is in charge and has been celebrated because they've, you know, worked very well with women. If you ever stop doing the things that we put you there for, you're no longer listening. The listening does not stop because you elevate it. It's always something to learn. A good leader listens. A good leader learns. If you are telling women that they ought to be okay with a person or situation, because you would be, you know, you see a lot of that. Someone says, well, I wouldn't mind doing that. That's great. That's wonderful for you. It doesn't mean that, for example, Shayla has to be comfortable with what you're comfortable with. You are not Shayla. You're not in Shayla's head. You don't have Shayla's experiences. You don't know what Shayla has going on. You don't know anything about that. You don't get to tell Miss Shayla that she should automatically be okay with something because you are, I, you know, it's, it's cool that you are and it's cool that she's not. And, um, we're in a habit of not listening to women when they say, no, we're still really, really, really behind when, even in the West, especially in the West, when it comes to listening to women who are pregnant, particularly black women, we're still not listening. We're still not listening to women in domestic violence situations or how things could change. You're not listening to me when I go to the judge and I tell you this man is violent and dangerous and you tell me, well, he hasn't done anything yet. And I tell you, well, he's going to kill me because he said he would. And then days later, all this, you know, goes down terribly. We're still not listening. We're not listening to women when it comes to rape and sexual assault. We're not listening to women on campuses who are being assaulted. People are still not listening and they're definitely not hearing a no. If you're telling women that the potential danger that they fear never happens, never happens. Someone says, well, something happened here. Something happened in a bathroom or, you know, I was assaulted on campus the number of women you talk to who are assaulted on campus and everyone says, and, and unfortunately the college students brace for this. And everyone says, including the college authorities say that never happened. People can see a video and just totally, as you know, with cases with, um, um, police off police brutality and the shooting of black people people can see people can see an unarmed black person being gunned down and totally i mean when they start talking the words that come out are like they never saw the video and much is the same like they don't even believe their eyes they believe their beliefs and their values and what they 
were taught about black people and police brutality, but do not believe what their eyes see. And similar things happen with, with, with uh, womanhood and with women and violence. People have a hard time overcoming what a patriar patriarchal and misogynistic society has taught them about rape and sexual violence, i.e., let us go ahead and blame her somehow. Because that is a, I wrote this, this is a social habit that we have that when a woman is a, a girl is or and, and, and a boy child too, is assaulted, males too, is assaulted. Our first thing is, you know, uh, to think about all the things, many of us, that why that didn't happen. What was she doing there at, at late that night? What was she doing uh, uh, with those clothes on? What was she doing there, the only girl with those guys? What was she doing to make him do something like that? Where it's something we don't do when it comes to property. You notice how with property, you know, when folks come in, I've been robbed. I've had my home robbed twice, two times in a week when I was in my 20s. And I'll never forget, I, I immediately understood the striking difference in how we treat property loss or vandalism or something and how we treat people. Because I remember there was no blaming of, of us about, you know, well, there was a little from our family, of course, but, you know, our families. But there was, on the part of the police, it wasn't seen as something that we did to uh, attract people who wanted to steal our stuff. Nobody's like, did you do something to attract somebody and make them want to steal your stuff? Nobody said that. And this was twice we were robbed. And, and you know, I was like, gosh, they sure do treat. It dawned on me then. They sure do treat stuff differently when they come to, when the police come to your house, when the family comes to your house, when everything, very different with how we treat the violation of vulnerable bodies. If you're telling, so if you're telling women that they really should say yes, when she already told you no, you are not listening to women. If you're telling women that saying no to access to her is bigoted, it's hateful, it's selfish, or you telling me no is violent. You telling me no is going to make me, uh, I'm going to go out here and kill myself. The num, you know, a small number for me, I, I, other advocates have different experiences, you know, various experiences, but most of the males who, who have said in the domestic violence relationship that they were going to kill themselves, they did not even, you know, but I do re recall one woman I was working with and and I'm serving her and assisting her and, and what she needs because I don't make decisions for people. You know, I don't have to live your life. So I, I'm going to help you in ways that will make you safer. I don't tell you whether to stay, go, anything. You know, it's, it's up to the person. However, 
um, she had decided it was much safer, and I definitely agreed. It was much safer for her to leave, find somewhere else to be, um, and do some new things, you know. And she was just really on her way. It's like you see her, you know, you, you begin to see, you see it. It started to almost take like the wings started to grow. And then I remember getting a call from her that he had her uh, abusive uh, living boyfriend had crashed and head on into a tree and he was in the hospital. And at that moment, when I spoke to her, you could tell in the tone, everything had changed because this was a new game. This man had acted upon what he had, you know, threatened. And uh, now she, you know, it, it was it was clear in her voice. She decided she was going back. Are most women who are raped, let's say that, most children who are assaulted are assaulted by people they know. And many times that comes with a woman or a child saying no in various ways, maybe not a direct N-O, no, but in, in trying to get away from that person or trying not to let what's going on um, happen to them. But someone's saying still, you, you know, you, what you really mean is yes, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to go forward with this. And they push a little more. So if you're really listening to women, what that would mean is that there needs to be no name calling, no gaslighting. No manipulation, no guilt tripping, no shaming, just listening. And this is when it comes to a woman's safe decisions about her safety, her health, uh, access to her, her boundaries. That's for her to decide. And, and, and we're trying to make that flip, but I'm telling you it's hard. To understand that not only can women be leaders in this and that, women can make their own decisions on their own behalf. If we as female human beings can't empathize, listen to, and have compassion for other female human beings, then who else? How will anyone else do that? We have to model that. We have to model. This is how you have empathy for another woman. This is how you listen to her. This is how you have compassion for her. And it doesn't mean you agree with everything that she said. No way, no how. You don't. And it's okay. But what I am saying is when it comes to something that concerns her, i.e. her health, access to her, her boundaries, her safety, the safety of her children, she most definitely gets to be centered and, and gets the final say on that. My hope and faith is still solid on this. I believe in us as women and girls. I believe. I truly am at a loss for where we can go as women if when we are in positions of power, leadership, decision-making, and think all the way low to high, that we don't listen to other women, we will not advance as a demographic. We will not. In the world, even fellow in this world that is misogynistic, patriarchal, sexist, 
I mean, like one step away. I, I'm, I'm a little frustrated that people act like we planets away from where we used to be. When meanwhile, like next door, the next, you know, the next continent or something, you know, stuff that, you know, you read about in the 1700s is still going on. Not just that, documentary after documentary about how it's going on right in your own country where you live. That women are still being treated like second class citizens. We are not, we cannot rest yet. We cannot rest on our laurels. We still have so much more to do. We must continue to listen to women like they have something to say. To listen, to learn, to respect one another. Are you sure that you are listening to women and girls? All right, that's it, y'all. Be great. Man, be great. We got this. Be great. Be great. Be great. Thank you for listening. Abundant blessings.